Hello and welcome to the Every Nation Twane Moikluf podcast. We trust that you'll enjoy today's message with us. Good morning, Every Nation Moikluf. We can do a little bit better than that. Good morning, Every Nation Moikluf. Yes. Wonderful. It is an absolute honor and a privilege for me to be here this morning. Um, my name is Christian Libber. I've been married for two and a half years to the most incredible wife, Riza. She is at Kids Church right now, I think, as well. I have a daughter, Hannah Omar Vasai. She's with Riza. Okay, good. No, wonderful. Um, she is two months old. Two-month-old baby. Um, it's been an absolute privilege, and I've been in ministry for eight years. Currently, I have the honor of serving as the 2IC of this church. Um, God sent me here and said, listen, go and learn everything. Soak up everything you can from Philip and Renee about church planting. And here I am. I'm soaking up. Okay, I'm learning. I'm in school, and it's fun. It's good. I love it. And so this morning, planning our first series of Moikluf, we've got three weeks to do a series um, before we officially launch planning this series, we sat and we pray and we asked God, you know, we know we want to continue to lay strong foundations. We know we want to share things with our congregation that's going to embody who we are for the rest of our existence as a Moikler family. And what is that? And we felt God say, go back to the first church in Acts chapter 2. And um, in Acts chapter 2, is the very first church, the Holy Spirit is poured out. Peter preaches the first sermon after the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and 3,000 people get saved. 3,000 people get saved. They come to faith, and they reflect what is the first expression of God's kingdom on earth through the church. So this is our scripture for the series. Our series name is Devoted. Devoted. God, family, mission. And this comes from this scripture. Let's I'm going to read the scripture, Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47. It says, these group of people, these 3,000 believers that just came to faith, devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad, generous hearts, praising God, having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Incredible. Over the next three weeks, we're going to unpack a little bit what's going on here, but... The first thing I want you to notice is this word devoted. What does it mean? In the Greek and the English, it means more or less the same thing. To be devoted means I give myself away. It means that I, 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 get, I, I live in extreme radical selflessness and I give myself towards something. So what basically is happening is 3,000 believers come to faith and they say, we get, we're going to give ourselves and there's three main themes that they're giving themselves to. Number one, they give themselves to God. 
You look at the scripture, it says they devote themselves apostles' teachings, prayers, praising God. They devoted themselves. They gave themselves away to God. They were engaging in relationship with God in every way possible. Number two, they gave themselves to spiritual family, to this, this fellowship, this, this incredible expression of selflessness among 3,000 people. Can you imagine 3,000 people having all things in common? My word, no disagreements? 3,000 people, maybe they had disagreements. They just knew how to handle conflict, I guess. But they, they broke bread together. They, man, they, they, they're fellowshipping. They're, they're, they're giving their time, their priorities, their positions. All of their positions, they're giving it to the advancement of this expression. That's crazy. Now, I just, I'm just going to say, this is not, this is not communism, okay? There's a, I know there's a couple of cults that have formed from this scripture. It's, it's called spiritual communalism, okay? It's not communism. We're not going that route. But we are taking the same heart. They, they had complete disregard. One Greek philosopher said, who, who was an opponent of this, he said, um, I'm going to quote him now because I removed him from my notes, but I feel I want to share with you what he said. He didn't like Christianity, okay? So he shared something that was culturally unaccepted, unacceptable about the Christians. He said, they have a complete disregard for personal privacy, and they treat their positions as common property. Common property. That was the way these people gave away to spiritual family. The third thing we, say, uh, we see here, there was, there was a giving away to mission. We see that the Lord added to their number daily those being saved. Now, if someone is saved, it means they believe the word of Jesus Christ. If someone believes the word of Jesus Christ, it means someone shared it with them, with their mouth, not just with their lives, but with their mouth. They shared Jesus, and they were saved. There was a mission that they gave themselves to. And so this is what we're going to preach on. Devoted to God, devoted to family, devoted to mission. So today is week one. We're talking about devoted to God. And I'm going to trust that when we walk away here, we're going to understand what it means to devote ourselves to God. Why we as a church family are devoting ourselves, giving ourselves away to God. And how we can practically do that. So I want to pray again and ask God to help us with this. Let's pray. Father... I want to pray, Lord, that you will help us. Help us do something that is completely countercultural. Help us walk in a way that, that goes completely against every, every part of our nature, radical selflessness. Father, I pray that we will be devoted to you following this message. We will know what it means. We will know why. We will know how, Father, and we will surrender. We will bow the knee and say, I devote myself to God. And we as a family will do this together. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're in Luke chapter 9, verse 23 to 25. If you have your Bible or your app, I've got it on the screen as well. Luke chapter 9, verse 23 to 25. This is what Jesus says about wanting to devote ourselves to him. He said to all, if anyone would come after me. In other words, if, if anyone would devote themselves to me, let them deny themselves, take up his cross daily and follow me. Whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world 
and he loses or forfeits himself. From the scripture, first thing uh, we want to look at, what does it mean to devote ourselves to God? What, what does it mean? There's, there's three pretty radical things, okay? I don't know if you're, if you're silent because you were like, that's radical. Or you, or you were silent because it's Sunday early morning and cloudy. But Jesus says three very radical things. He says, deny ourselves, take up your cross daily, follow me. Self-denial, daily sacrifice, constant following. Now, what does this look like? Well, we've grown up in a culture, right, that tells us that true freedom is this. Okay, true freedom. If you really want to be free, here's what you need to do. I put a table up on the screen that speaks about Worldly freedom and slavery and biblical freedom and slavery. And here's what it says, okay? If you want to be, f- be free, you need to be able and free to do whatever you want. That's freedom. Then you're free. You need to be able to make choices that serve your interests. If you can make those choices, then you're free. You need to be your own master. You determine your life. No one tells you what to do. That's true freedom. But the Bible says that's not true freedom. That's actually slavery. Look at biblical slavery. It says, no, it's when you're unable to say no to your wants. You're a slave to your wants. You think you're free because you do whatever you want. You're not free. You're a slave because you, you only can do whatever you want. You're not free to do anything else. You're a slave. You think you're free when you can make choices that serve yourself, but the reality is you're a slave to yourself because you can only make choices that serve yourself and no one else. You can only make choices to serve others if it's going to serve yourself. You think you're free when you're your own master, but the truth is, we're terrible masters. <laughs> you're a slave if you have yourself as your own master because you're a slave driver. You're constantly going to produce things that's going to damage your life if you are your master. Jesus says, that's not freedom. That's not freedom. Biblical freedom is when you're able to do what God wants, what God desires. That's, free. that's true freedom. When you're free to say no to everything else because you're, you're free to say yes to God. It's, it's when you are truly free to make choices that serve God. If this morning you are asked... Can we go out immediately after this service? Let's go to Woodlands. Let's infiltrate that place. Okay, let's, let's go to the coffee shops. We strategically choose a table next to some people, and we start sharing Jesus Christ with them. Will you do that? If you say no, I want to go briar down, then you're not free. Because if this is what God is asking, you're not free to say yes. There's, there's a lot of barriers between you and God to, to actually do what he wants us to do, right? But the Bible says true freedom is if you're able to say no to everything else and say yes to God. And here's the reality, okay? True freedom is when God is your good master who determines your life. All of us have a master. All of us are denying something for someone. All of us, all of us are, are already doing these three things that Jesus says. All of us are already denying something for something else. 
We're all making sacrifices. That's what, it, that's what it means to take up your cross. It means to lay down your life. Only, some people only took up their cross when they were on their way to Calvary to be crucified, to die. Jesus says you have to be prepared to die daily because you're already prepared to die daily for something. He says, follow me. You're already following something. The reality is, when we are separated from God, which, which is the condition of mankind, okay? There's separation between us and God. Then there's a God-sized hole in our hearts. There's a gap in our deepest needs, our daily needs. And as our own masters, we're constantly going to make sacrifices and follow things we believe will close the gap. The things that the world tells us will close the gap. So for example, studies show that on average, all of us, our eyes, see up to f- around 5,000 advertisements every day. You see 5,000 ads every day. Of some company person or someone trying to make money that tells you, your hole is not filled until you have what I give. 5,000 advertisements. For example, I did not feel... Like I needed a new phone until I saw the iPhone 14 ad. All of a sudden, I feel like I have a need. Man, I ne- my life's not filled until I have that. Jeez, jeez. You see the ad, right? And, and then what we do, we, we, we give everything to have this product, this thing, this until the hole is full, but the hole is not filled. I had a hole my whole life. Uh, one of my biggest holes in my life. And I'm, I'm very transparent about this story. I've shared at Willows before. Growing up in a divorced household, my parents were divorced when I was two. And so there was something missing. My dad was, was out of the house. So there's something that a father brings to the household that I, that I was missing. And it was, it was kind of an identity, an approval, a security that I didn't, I didn't have. But he was a great father. He phoned me like every single day. The moment cell phones came out, he bought my sister and I one, and he phoned us every day. That was when I was like five or six years old. And he came to almost every single sport, sports game and match and race, and I was in athletics, and he, and he watched every race. But what he would do afterwards is he would, he would say, okay, you know, like, nice race, but, but why? Your start was it's not good. We need to work on that start of yours. Your transitions through the phases, man, you, your, your acceleration might be, might be good, but it's not good enough. And your finish, you're dipping too early and then you're losing a lot of speed. We need to work on that. So what I was hearing, I know my dad wanted to be the best father he could, but what I was hearing was not good enough, not good enough, not good enough, be better. I needed approval. I needed an identity. And so what I did was, I was more susceptible to peer pressure because I believed if my friends like me, I've got the approval. My friends like me, I've, that hole is filled. So I only got drunk once in my life. That was when I was in grade eight, 14 years old. It's the only time, it was the last time. Never again. Vroegrijp, vroegvrot. That's what they say. That was me. I wanted approval. And and at some point, I even, I even became a Christian. My, my name is Christian. And I became a Christian. And I was a big Christian. But I'm not, I'm 183, six foot. I'm not that big. But I was a big Christian, they said. And I love people hearing, yes, Christian, a big Christian. Solid Christian. I loved hearing that. Because it gave me approval. But it didn't fill the hole. I was using Jesus Christ 
to give me something else. And I was missing it. Nothing could fill. And every time it's not enough, I'm killing myself. I feel the failure. I feel the rejection. I feel the anxiety, the constant pressure of having to perform, having to put the best foot forward so that people can approve me. Otherwise, who am I? I constantly felt that. And I don't know what's yours. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's, maybe it's you, you were supposed to be protected growing up and you weren't. So now you take control of every situation because you have to protect yourself. I don't know what is the hole in your heart, but, but here's the thing. If you're the master trying to fill that hole, you're not a good master. You're constantly, and, and that's what Jesus is saying in the scripture. He says, you can put up the scripture again. He basically says, if you are the one trying to save your life, you will lead yourself to the greatest death you've ever died, the greatest loss imaginable. Look at the scripture from a different perspective. He says, if you are the one trying to save you, whoever would try to save his own life would lead himself to the greatest loss imaginable. But whoever would give up control and allow me to save his life will find the greatest gain that you will ever be able to imagine. You see, the, the reality is you did not lose just approval when you were separated from God. You did not lose worldly possessions when you were separated from God. You lost God. You lost a person. No one will fill the hole. No thing will fill the hole until the person comes back into your life. Now, if we look at the scripture, it also speaks of worldly possessions. What does it profit a man? You gain the whole world, you lose your soul. Now, this is, this is, a, this is an upper class area. Moikluf, this Pretoria East area, this is an upper class area, okay? Many of the people sitting in front of me, money is not necessarily a problem. And I believe... God is speaking to us. This Acts chapter 2 scripture, this, this scripture that I'm reading now, the prophetic words we got when, when, when we were sent out to plant this church. One of the prophetic words that God gave us was, He was saying, we're going to walk into Moikluf, there's going to be dust on our feet, and we're going to be walking on gold. And it reminded us of heaven, the streets of gold. You know, you want to bring your gold to heaven, and your, the response will be, oh, more bricks for the streets, thanks. God is going to teach us as a family that the riches in comparison to him are so low that it's the things we use to just clean our feet and wipe off the dust. But the souls that are out there that are lost, that don't know him, that's the treasure. Jesus Christ, knowing him, being willing to sacrifice everything for him, he is the treasure. Nothing else. And this is what it means to devote ourselves to God. We radically deny that our own efforts can save us, that we can fill the hole. We're willing to sacrifice control of our lives and even our worldly possessions to have Jesus as our good new master. That's what it means. Number two, why do we devote ourselves to God? Why, 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 how can I motivate us? What is the reason why we want to do this? Here's something cool about this Luke chapter 9 scripture, okay? The first 
eight chapters of Luke, Luke is busy establishing the identity of Jesus Christ. Okay, here comes this man, and he's baptized, and the heavens open. And people ask, my word, who is he? And Luke embarks on this eight-chapter journey to reveal who Jesus Christ is. And we get to chapter 8, which is preceding this chapter. Obviously, this is 9 minus 1 is 8. And in chapter 8, we see Jesus establishing four attributes of who he is. Number one, Jesus calms a storm. He shows he is the one who has dominion over nature. And the disciples sit there and and the storms come and they ask, who is this that even the winds and the water obey him? Great question, disciples. Just after that, he gets out of the boat and he's encountered by a man with a legion of demons. And he casts out the legion of demons, which no one else could. He establishes that he has dominion over all spiritual powers. But if that's not enough, as he's walking, a woman comes, she takes a hold of his cloak, and she's healed from blood flow. Jesus has dominion over all sickness, every ailment in your body. And he was doing that on his way to Jairus' house. Can anyone, anyone guess what was happening in Jairus' house? His daughter was dead. So Jesus goes, <laughs> and he, he raises Jairus' daughter from the dead. He's, he has dominion over your greatest fear and mine. Death. He's victorious over death. And if that was not enough, I guess just to top it all off, in, chop, in chapter 9, he feeds around 15,000 people with five loaves and two fish. Just, just to top it off. He's the one with power to create from absolutely nothing. This is, this is, who, this is the context of what we're reading here. And you know what happens then? Then Jesus turns to his disciples. They have all of this in mind. And he turns to his disciples and he says, so who do the people say I am? And they say many things, and Jesus says, but who do you say I am? Who do you say that I am? And Peter, obviously, says, well, you're the Christ, you're the Son of God. And that was something that the Holy Spirit had revealed to Peter. Which is insane for me to think that you would have to view a man calming a storm, casting out demons, healing the sick, raising the dead, and creating food from thin air before you would have a spiritual revelation that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, that, this is how I understand how dependent I am as a preacher this morning to reveal to myself and to all of us who Jesus Christ really is. Because this is the reason why we devote ourselves to Jesus and not to any man standing up here. Friends, my, my, I am not that gifted. I don't know. I'm just a man. I'm standing here because of the grace of God. My week, I had terrible devotions this week. And, and preparing this sermon, I asked God, like, I wasn't very devoted this week, Lord. It's, it's, no, no excuses. I wasn't very devoted. Now you want me to preach devoted to you? How am I going to do that? And I'll give you the answer in a, in a short moment. But first, I, need, I just need to say, we devote ourselves because of who Jesus is. We're devoted to God, to Jesus Christ, and to no one else. 
And when Jesus turns and he says to his disciples, who do you say that I am? He's basically saying that if you take everything I can do and give to you, all right, you as my disciples, if you took everything that I can give to you, that I can do, but you don't take me, you don't have me, you have nothing. You have a temporary well. You have a temporary well, but you're still eternally separated. You still have that emptiness. So who do you say that I am? Not what do you say can I do for you? No, who do you, who do you say that I am? If you take what I can do, you're going to use me for what you believe is good. But no one is good except me. Do you believe that? I'm ultimate good. Do you believe that? If you don't, you'll want to control me, my gifts, my power to serve you, and it won't work. To take Jesus as our Savior and to take all of the good things that he gives but not take him is like me introducing myself to you and I'm saying, hey, I'm Christian Libba. And you say, oh, hi, nice to meet you. Come in, Christian, but stay outside the door, Libba. You're not, you're not welcome. We like Christian, we don't like Libba. I say, well, you've got a problem because you don't have me then. You, you don't have me. I, I can't, I just, you know? Christian Libba, Christian Libba. I don't know what to do. You cannot have Jesus Savior and not have him Lord. Not have him Master. Jesus Savior, Lord and Savior. The reason why we just devote ourselves to God is because he is good. Look at these, these, these uh, miracles. He is almighty. He is healer. He is victor. He is creator. We're not. No man is. It's this realization of who Jesus Christ really is that compels us to say, Lord, never again my will, but forever your will be done. I'm done. I lay down my life. I sacrifice myself. I take up my cross, whatever it costs, just so that I can follow you. So how can we do this? How in the world are we going to manage to do that? Because that's what it means. This is why we do it. How? So firstly, you'll see that I chose a CrossFit picture. Because no one is as devoted as the CrossFitters. I want to tell you about my awesome brother-in-law. I was hoping he was going to be here this morning. Janu, Janu Bull. He's getting married on Friday. Um, which is super exciting. And um, he's part of our family here. And I, I honor the way that he is devoted to a healthy lifestyle. Okay, my brother-in-law, um, he's, yo, he's, he started crossfitting. And he's so devoted to like crossfitting and exercising. He does it five to six times a week. Okay, it's an hour every time he goes, but he needs to plan it in his day and he works quite long hours, and he's, and he's also engaged, so like he sacrifices, has to give up some time with his fiance to, to go and do CrossFit, he does that five to six times a day, he, he sacrifices his Saturday early morning, sometimes a nice golf game on a Saturday, he lays that down to go and CrossFit, he's so devoted that when we were in lockdown, he visited, he, he went to the, the CrossFit gym, got weights, and the whole lockdown, we were CrossFitting, guys, on Mookie's lawn, there's a couple of holes in the lawn, but... She's gracious, and we were crossfitting. And now I'm a crossfitter because my brother-in-law convinced me. He told me, Swati, you have to. You don't understand. 
You get there, it's a nice community. The people love each other. Their program is worked out for you. Everyone do the same thing. You can, go, you can just go according to what your body can handle right now. You don't, have to, you don't have to go too heavy. You don't have to hurt yourself. And on top of that, man, my brother-in-law, he, he got this, this diet. But it's not a diet. It's called undieting. But it's a certain way you eat, so it's probably a diet. But it's not a diet. It's, un, it's undieting. It's the diet of undieting your diet so that you can undiet your diet. And you eat. And it's, 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 a, it's a pretty good diet. Like it's a general healthy lifestyle diet. But it's, remember, it's not a diet. Not a diet. And then my wife and I did the diet. Because he was, he was so convincing. And he like, he plans out his meals and he convinced the whole household. And Mookie was working out the menu like we had two, three, four weeks food planned ahead. We, we put in the orders, checker 60, go to the Groentewinkel and, and we got everything because the diet. And it worked. It worked. I lost 200 grams. But I, but I did lose 3% body fat, and I did gain muscle. So, hey, you're laughing, but hey, it's... Man, my brother-in-law is devoted to a healthy lifestyle. And being devoted to God is not much different. I mean, he can convince all of you to do CrossFit and go on the undieting diet. Are we that convinced of Jesus? Are we willing... To lay down an early morning so that we can sit and ponder and think through God's word, his truths, and we can know him. Are we willing to, to maybe give up an hour of our day, maybe more, maybe the cool music in the car to, to pray and see God's face and, and know what he's doing in our world and, and have the perspective that he, he, he has to see people through his eyes? Are we willing to devote ourselves, to give ourselves away to spiritual habits and disciplines that's going to cultivate this deep love for God? Because that's how we can practically devote ourselves. We need to, we need to do these things. You're, we're so devoted to the Springbok rugby game or Bafana Bafana or man. And then the game is over and and it's done, we walk away, and then, but God is eternal, and He's good. It's better than anything you'll ever know. Oh no, Jason, will you join me up here? Now, if we're talking about, and that's talking about the practical, okay? How can we do this practically? But maybe you're saying, but Christian, I, I don't know how I can, how I can have the strength, the faith, the courage to give myself to God. You might be saying, I've, I've tried it. I've bent my knee. I've prayed the prayer a thousand times. I went home. I had great devotions for two weeks, three days, and one hour. And then I backslid. How am I going to be able to totally devote myself to God? How am I going to have the motivation, the love? Where do I stop? How do I? My heart just keeps pulling me away from Him, pulling me to the world. How am I going to do it? Well, I want to say, I don't think we lack 
strength or courage. I think we might, we might lack understanding, faith, trust. And faith comes by hearing the truth of Christ. That's how we build faith, when we hear the truth. So I want to give you the truth. Here's the truth. Here's how you're going to do it. Here's, 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 here, here it is. I'm going to now walk into the dark so that you can live in the light, okay? Here's how. You'll never be able to truly deny yourself unless you see and realize how Jesus Christ denied himself. Jesus said, I, I do nothing I don't see the Father doing. His obedience and his love drove him to sweat blood. And he said, Father, still not my will, but yours. The only way you'll ever be able to deny yourself of Christ is if you realize how much he denied himself for you. The only way you'll be able to take up your cross is if you look at that man bloody and weak carrying his cross for us. Compelled by love to hang on on wood that he made. <laughs> That's the only way. You've got to behold him. You've got to look at him. You've got to realize. The only way you'll follow him if you realize that he is the way to follow. He made the way, showed the way, and he is the way. It's the only way you'll follow. I said earlier, my devotions were not good this week. Lord, how do you want me to preach about devotions? I said, Christian, I don't want you to preach based on your life. I want you to show them how devoted Jesus Christ is. And while you're preaching, why don't you look at Jesus as well? So here I am. I'm looking at the scripture. I'm looking to Jesus. I'm saying, Lord, I want to devote myself as well. And that concludes today's message. For more information, visit our website at everynationswane.org forward slash moikloof. That's everynationswane.org forward slash moikloof. Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Till next time then. Yeah.